0: Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. All right, everybody. Welcome to Revolution. As always, it's nice to have you here. Um. And wherever you're listening online, I'm glad to be in your ears wherever that is. For some reason, I always picture the gym, but I have no idea if that's true. or you're on a long ride, a long ride driving somewhere. That's where I listen to podcasts. I'm going somewhere far away, speaking of going somewhere far away, I went to Branson, Missouri. Well, not Branson, but I went to Missouri for New Year's. I mean, New Year's for Christmas to be with my family. And uh, that was cool. I got to see my sister and saw my dad, which was interesting because we don't see talk and see each other very often. Um, but it was nice to see him hold his granddaughter. And uh, I have a ton of fun with my sister. So we had a good time. Um, but yeah. I'm sure people will send some Facebook messages about that. A lot of folks have opinions on what I should say to my dad <laughs> and how I should say it. I always say, "Hey, you know, contact my psychiatrist and talk to them. <laughs> and they'll they'll let you know what to do." Um, this is the first. Sermon of the New Year um, for those who listen online. Sorry, we haven't been around. We've been since I've been out of town a lot, and last week we talk did not get aired. So I, par- I apologize for that. Um, but yeah, so this is the beginning of the new year. Lots of new stuff. Um, but I'm going to try to make this a a regular thing is starting Galatians every. New year. I do Galatians once a year, but I haven't started it at the beginning of every year. So, um, but I love it. It's my favorite book in the Bible. So, I think that's what we're going to do is uh, do that. It's, my wife was like, Aren't you worried it's a little redundant? People who have listened online are going to hear it and be over and over again. And I'm like, Well, that's fine. That's the great thing about Galatians. As you can hear it over and over again, and it's good. And I started to worry and think, can I find something new? And uh, can I find something new in Galatians or old out of Galatians? <laughs> and then uh, I thought, does it really matter? The book can stand on its own, and uh, it really does. So we'll start with Galatians one. Um, Paul an apostle sent neither by human commissioner commission nor from human authority but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the members of God's family who are with me to the church of Galatia grace to you and, play, and peace from God our father and the lord Jesus Christ our father and lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins set us free from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I apologize. I've been reading out of the New Living, and now I'm getting back into the NRSV, so it's night and day. Um, one of the things I thought was interesting um, in this commentary I was reading by William Barclay, um, he talks just about the the things we don't often think about is just the the introduction of just saying grace and peace. And I just liked how he worded this. He says, um, the Greek word chariz means grace in the theological sense, but it always means beauty and charm. And even when theologically used, the idea of charm is never far away from it. If the Christian life has grace in it, it must be a lovely thing. I like that. You know, if the Christian life has grace in it, it must be a lovely thing. And I was, like Paul, blinded by grace. You know, for years I thought God hated me. I thought God was a record keeper, and I was done, and (laughs) there was nothing I could do. God had made a mistake, and that mistake was me. And uh, then I started to understand grace more and all of a sudden started to able to accept that I was accepted by something greater than myself. And that grace, that charm, that hope was there, and it was there in people's lives who, who, who shared it with me. Some shared it through words. Others shared it through actions. Some were just patient with me. It's amazing for of the Spirit being patient. Patience, not just for me, but it was people being patient with me that that fruit became alive and I got to see that I was loved and I was cared about and accepted. And I thought, I thought that grace and that patience that people were showing was just, they were just trying to, you know, just, just try to almost plagiarize or, or, or play themselves that they were heretics You know what I mean? I thought that they were just trying to like help themselves sleep at night. I was like, yeah, sure, grace is this good, yeah, whatever. You know, whatever helps you sleep at night. You know, I just thought it was them just trying to please themselves and please people. And boy, was I wrong. Um, Sets us free from this present evil age. That's a a mouthful. And uh, but it's it's something that stands true because it's easy to think that we don't live in a present evil age but if you wake up and you look around and you see the things that are going on and you see the people that are suffering and you see the people who are causing suffering you will see an evil age you know and so it doesn't say that he stops this present evil age but just sent us free from this present evil age According to the will of God and Father. Um, I'm a bit of a liberal, so I think of everything our president says and does and drives me crazy. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that today for time's sake. I know I'm probably preaching to the choir in this room, but you never know. Online, I do have a couple couple people who are a little bit on the right and they sometimes are like, Jay, why do you, why do you pick on us? (laughs) And I'm like, why do you pick on us? And then it goes in circles. Paul says in six, one, six, I'm astonished that you are quickly deserting the one who called you in grace. He doesn't waste a second says, hello, good to see you, hope you get free from this present evil age, and then all of a sudden it's just, boom. I'm astonished that you were, in the New Living, it's like, I'm, what is it? I can't remember what it says in the New Living. I'm astonished that you so quickly turned from the good news you first received. It says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, not that there is another gospel, but there are some who are confusing you and want you to per- and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. Now I'm not going to read a lot more. I'm going to read one more from this book, um, because I think it's like a lot of pastors we we often read these books and then we just reword them, so we sound good, and then I just'm too tired and lazy to try to reword it so. I'm just going to read it, and um, the basic fact behind the apostle, the epistle in this, this Paul's gospel was the gospel of free grace. He believed with all his heart that nothing a man could do could ever earn the love of God, and therefore all men could do was fling themselves on their mercy in act of faith. All a person could do was take in wondering gratitude that God offered. The important thing was not what, this I love this because it reminds me of the Kennedy speech, the important thing was not what we could do for ourselves, but what God had done for us. The important thing was not what we could do for ourselves, but what God had done for us. And that's what Paul's message was. And so he, all of a sudden he's going, now, why are you guys going back to this old way? Why are you going to another gospel? And this other gospel was being brought about by a group called the Judaizers. And their idea of the law was you had an account with God. Did you ever hear this? people say, keep a short account with God? Yeah, I used to hear that growing up. I like to keep a short account with God. You know, just check in with God, keep a short account you know, free myself up. And that makes God into an accountant, a sin management system. And, uh, what, what the Judaizers wanted was says, you know, to the Gentiles, non-Jews, become a Jew first, become circumcised, obey the law, do these things, and then become a Christian. That's what you want to do. And, uh, that was what they were teaching. Now, they were Christian teachers and, and pastors and saying this. Um, pretty crazy, right? Now he goes, not that there's another gospel, but there are some that are confusing and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we, but even if we or an angel from heaven should proclaim to you the gospel contrary to what proclaimed to you, let that person be accursed. As I've said before, so now I repeat, if anyone proclaims to you a gospel contrary to what you receive, let that one be accused. Um, I see uh, inclusion in the weirdest places. And I see inclusion in this in, (laughs) in a weird way because... Paul is saying, it doesn't matter if I preach a different gospel or James or Peter or anybody preaches a different gospel. If they do, let them be accursed. He's saying, it's not the messenger. It's not the people. God doesn't have favorites. God doesn't have particular people that he likes more than other people. You know, he's saying it's about the message and the message of grace. That's what's important is grace. And so that's why Paul is so hot and bothered by this. Now one of the great things about this book is is to me it's the book that really 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 revealed grace to me and it's a the whole book is a letter to a group of people that Paul is rebuking. But it really does get interesting. It goes on to say, am I now seeking human approval or God's approval or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, would I not be Christ's servant? Or would I not be a servant of Christ? Other translations talk about would I not bear, would I bear the scars of Christ on me? Um, Because often Paul would talk about the scars because Paul was often beaten and persecuted for his belief system. Um, But this is what Paul was being accused of by the religious teachers was was being a people pleaser. That he was trying to win approval by saying, by tickling the ears, you know? Like saying, oh, you don't need to be circumcised. Oh, you don't need to... I mean, that was a big ear tickler right there, (laughs) to say the least. Um, (laughs) You know, but they would say, you're trying to please people. And I know that often because I've been accused of that quite a bit in my own career as being someone who tickles ears. And it's so funny that, that I see so many ministers who miss this verse and so many preachers who always talk, yeah, you're just trying to be people pleasers and you can't follow these people pleasers. And they don't realize like one of the things that apostle Paul was accused of originally was being a people pleaser. Now Paul says some outlandish stuff every now and then. I'm not going to, say that that's not true. There's some stuff at Paul that makes me uncomfortable, I disagree with. Um, there's some stuff that I don't believe he actually wrote, but it put in his name, and uh, that tried to clean up the mess of grace. Because that's the thing, grace makes, doesn't make always make sense. I often use the analogy of Darth Vader um, in the Star Wars movies, because Darth Vader is blows up planets, Kills innocent children. <laughs> um, just goes around choking people like nobody's business. Just air choking people. Which is I wish I actually could do. Um <laughs> that would be a pleasure. Um no. But at the end he has a moment, an epiphany that he's that there's somehow some goodness left him, and he dies doing one kind act and then all of a sudden he's a good force ghost and he goes to jedi heaven you know doesn't necessarily make sense you know is 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 he get does he really get what he deserves not really um but that's often grace that's often i mean that's really a simplified version of grace it's george lucas version of grace but um but, but that's the thing is these folks didn't like that idea. You know, the, the idea is is that we earn God's approval, that there's certain people that are clean and unclean and we have to do certain things to separate ourselves from other people. And circumcision was a big way of separating yourself from other people and saying, I'm different, I'm better, I'm a part of a different tribe. You know, and in a way it was racism. You know, an elitism. And Paul was saying that this elitism is gone now. And that if other people are preaching this elitism, may they be cursed. And now that I don't preach this this elitism, I'm I'm being attacked. I'm being accused of being a people pleaser. But if I was really trying to please people, would I really be a servant of Christ? And I think the answer is no, because right here he's proving that he's being an attack. goes on to say in 11... Um, For I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel that was proclaimed by me is not of human origin. For I did not receive it from a human source, nor was I taught it, but I received it through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now another thing Paul's critics were saying was, Paul was not a real apostle. Why was Paul not a real apostle? Because he wasn't one of the twelve. Because he didn't receive his message from Jesus. And so at this point, there were only 12 people that could be apostles, and those were the folks who walked with Jesus. Otherwise, you were out. How interesting is that? You know, talk about elitism. 12, 12 leaders of the church, that's it. Sorry, we've got our guys. We're going to go international with this thing. We've got 12 guys, and that's it. And, uh, and you'd be, and we're going to get into this next week more. But you're surprised who these folks were, who were questioning Paul's authority, authority. Um, but he goes, "I received this through revelation of Jesus Christ." So it's Paul <coughs> defending himself, saying it came straight from Christ, not from human words. You have heard, no doubt, that my of my earlier life in Judaism. I was a violent persecuting the church of God and was trying to destroy it. Now, I don't think this can be over... I don't believe this can be talked about enough. I don't believe this can be... Uh, Paul... I mean, we're going to just talk about it for a second, but Paul was was violently persecuting Christians or having Christians tortured and killed. And that wasn't just... I mean, he held coats while Stephen was stoned. You know, Paul wasn't just like Christians are bad. You know, he wasn't like a new atheist. You know, and just going around being like, "Oh, these Christians are saying horrible things." We, you know, he wasn't like that. He wasn't just a an, an, an someone who with a, a different thought of mind. He was saying, "I want to to rid the world of this." Faith of this heresy, the world needs to be free from it, needs to be set free from it. And so he would go from town to town with obviously probably with soldiers and different things like that and per- persecute Christians. He goes, I advanced in Judaism beyond many among my people the same age for i was far more zealous for the tradition than my ancestors so here he is brags a little bit and paul's good at bragging saying what an amazing pharisee he was but when god who had set me apart before i was born and called me through his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me so that i might proclaim him among the gentiles i did not confer with any human being nor did I go to Jerusalem to those who were already apostles before me. Did not go to the twelve. But I went away once into Arabia, and afterwards I returned to Damascus. Now what's interesting here is he returns to Damascus, as Damascus is where it all goes down for Paul. Paul's on the road to Damascus. Damascus is a port city. A lot of people are going to Damascus to get on boats to escape the persecution of people like Paul. And Paul is saying, I am going to chase you literally to the ends of the earth. Or Saul, before he becomes Paul. I am going to chase you to the ends of the earth. Um, but what is... Saul has this vision of Christ coming to him and saying, why do you persecute me? And he has this change. He has this repentance. Um, and here he's using his, his, his own example of the radical change of grace. What is radical about grace? How it changes people. And he's using himself as that example right here in this, in this paragraph of how much I've been changed, what grace can do, the, the transformative power of this free gift that seems like tickling ears. Does it really make a difference? Does it really matter? Does it really change? And he's going, yes, if it changes me, it can change anybody. If it can raise me from my dad, you know it can it can change you too, but he had to go away and deal with i think one of the reasons he had to go away to Arabia is because he had to deal with his own demons, he had to face himself, he had to question himself, he had to look at himself, and I think often we don't we forget self examination is important, you know. I go to uh, this thing called DBT for counseling, and uh, there's a lot of self-examination there. you got to do a lot of homework, and you got to look at yourself, and you got to see, oh, I'm thinking this way, and I'm thinking, uh, you know, my thinking might not be correct, or it might not be here where it was, you know, and I need to, to learn to see things differently. And, open up. and And that's what Paul does. But then Paul comes back. He goes, and then I return to Damascus. And he literally returns to the scene where Christ first showed himself to him. He returns to the place where he was on his way to destroy Christians. And that's, I, th- I think, there's just something poetically beautiful about that saying that I returned to Damascus as an apostle. You know, I left, changed, I had to go away and change more, take time, because sometimes these things do take time. I think we, a lot of, we want that, Darth Vader experience of just boom boom, um, but that's not always what happens. You know, sometimes self-examination and working on oneself needs to happen. Off, more often than more often than usual, it does. Um, then after three years, I did go up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas, and stayed with him fifteen days. But I did not see any other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. What I am writing to you before God, I do not lie. Then I went into the reign of Syria and Cilicia, Cilicia and I was still unknown by sight with the churches of Judea that are, that are in Christ. The only heard it said, and this is really kind of beautiful, and this is where we end the story today, this part of the letter today, is, The one who formerly was persecuting us is now proclaiming the faith he once tried to destroy and they glorified God because of me. So Paul uses his transformation, uses his repentance, uses what happened, that powerful moment of of transformation as an example for us, for the Galatians to say, This is what grace does. I'm not trying to tickle ears. Here's proof of what grace does. And then he goes down here and says, and this is what people are saying. This is what people are saying about grace. This is what people are saying about acceptance. This is what people are saying about love. This is what people are saying about, you know, it would have been easy to say there's some guy who used to destroy us who's now pretending to be one of us. No, they were giving glory to God for that change. Now, I. Say, you know, Paul was here to serve, and that's good to see. You know, and I think a lot of us would today not show grace to Paul. I don't think Paul would be able to exist as Paul today had he had we someone who persecuted Christians so often and so long come along, and then all of a sudden, like oh, I've changed. At least it would take a while for people to be like, I don't know. Especially if he was a different political belief system than ours. You know? Of course, then again, we always do like it when people change over to our way of believing. So maybe, maybe we would accept it. I don't know. You know, like ah, oh, another one for us. But that's not really what it's about. You know? What it's about is it's about transformative grace for all people. You know, for Saul, Paul, conservatives, liberals, Republican, Democrat, you know, whatever. And that's the beautiful thing about grace. And that's the beautiful thing about this book. And, uh, I hope we don't take the the way of, of turning away from the good news that we receive and we help other people not do the same. And, uh continue to be able to live in a a life of acceptance and grace. That's what I want. That's what I want to give. That's what I want to share with others. That's the whole reason this ministry exists is because of that grace. Um, it exists because of people who were twisted and changed the truth concerning the good news and turned me into a frightened teenager who was so afraid of God that I didn't know what to do, that I thought my only chance to live would be on a deathbed confession. The only chance to ever see God. It was you know, growing up with that. But then having that moment of seeing the truth, seeing that having that Damascus moment of being revealed grace. You know, and how many people are are dealing with that twisting, changing the truth. I'll tell you what it's you don't see it a lot in Minnesota in Minneapolis you know there's a lot of progressive churches here and we should not take that for granted there's a lot of open thinkers and a lot of people who accept grace in this town um, I'm astonished by it to be honest with you um, but there's a lot of places when I travel the south is not the same you know people who are hurt and done with the church because they've heard it Counterfeit gospel. They've heard another good news. Another pretends to be the good news, but it's not the good news. One that condemns them, tears their lives apart, and says, you, you know, you're not welcome. So it's easy for them to say, well, I don't want to deal with this imaginary man in the sky who seems to be miserable. I'm going to make my life miserable. And uh, that greatly breaks my heart. All right, I'm going to pray real quick. Lord, I thank you for this uh, group of folks here. I thank you for those listening online. Um, We just thank you for your grace and your mercy. And may we be able to accept that we are accepted and accept others, Lord, as they are accepted. And to live that and show that and be that. In Jesus' name, amen. Um real quick, Revolution is a non-profit. So some of you listening online may know that too, but we survive on donations. Um we definitely rather have you than your money, so don't worry about that. This isn't like if you're here, I expect you to give or if you're listening online, I expect you to give. But <laughs> but as a preacher, <laughs> um this is this is how we continue this thing going. This is how revolution goes, and uh, we can use your support. December was a horrible month, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I understand because I was out buying presents too. So, you know, but uh, so, yeah, we could really use your gift. And if you want to give online, you can go to revolutionchurch.com and uh, support us there. Or you can go to our Facebook and click on the donation book, which is just Revolution Church. Uh, Look for the R with wings because there's a lot of Revolution Churches out there. And uh, that's it. So thank you so much for listening and uh, have a great week.